G'day, everybody. How are we doing? That was shorter. Did you enjoy it? No. No. Which you you roasted me for doing a long one, and now you're giving me shit for doing a short one. I don't know where I stand. You just got really high pitch when you do it, and that's what annoys me. Well, that's I'm trying to give off my Aussie twang. Um, Welcome back, everybody, or welcome for the first time to the Better Blokes podcast, um, where we are two now both freshly mulleted and mustachioed uh blokes that are just trying to be a little bit better and a bit less of a shit gun i actually have to shave yeah you stroked your mustache mustache. (laughs) you stroked it at an inopportune time just then you were about to speak and you had your hand in front of your mouth (laughs) yeah um welcome yeah welcome back welcome to anyone that is here for the first time um thank you for joining us um there are some buttons that you can hit the like the follow the subscribe the share Hit the bell for notifications. Um, That's another one. That's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, send us messages on Instagram, you know, all that jazz. Be part of the Better Blokes community. There you go. Boom. We're a community now. Sounds lovely. As of. Sounds extremely inviting. As of 4.13 on a Thursday afternoon, we're a community. This is episode 27, Robbie. We're in our late 20s. We're in our late 20s now. We are. Interesting. Twenty-seven um, is. This better be fucking interesting. It's not. It's the. You mind. can't start something with interesting and then it not be really uh, a boring fact. Wait. So it better be good. It's a story of my life. Uh, the twenty twenty-seven is just my birthday. That's the only thing. It's not really interesting. <laughs> That's shit. Yeah, but you know, it's a. Uh, it reminds me of the number. Um, so yeah, we are episode twenty-seven, almost in our thirties. We're having a. We've just passed our quarter-life crisis. I reckon we're in our our final um, fuckboy stage. And then as of two or three episodes, we're going to look to settle down. Yeah, then it's, then it's full steam ahead into the midlife crisis. <laughs> exactly. Have some, kid, get, have some kids, get married, buy a house, and then um, and then realize that we hate ourselves. So. And then buy a Commodore. <laughs> uh, or a Colorado. Mate, don't, don't talk shit in the Colorado when you drive a RAV4. I would if I chose my car. It wouldn't be around four, but you know we are yeah. we are who we are. Um, yeah, how are you, Andy? How's training going? Yeah, good. I'm, I had a run today. Sick. Um, that went that went well. Um, I've had a shower, but I'm still very sweaty because it's extremely warm outside. It is not cold. No, definitely not cold. And uh, yeah, run felt okay. Cycle yesterday felt okay. Swim on Tuesday felt shit. But I did it, and um, yeah, I suppose you could say I'm going well. I think I mean that's just just like the general um, thing that you just got to f- get through when you're doing this sort of training is just like yeah, it felt like you always have sessions that that feel horrible. Um, a client of mine who's preparing for the half marathon, the SMH one, which is in May, um, I've got him doing the doing more zone two running, so like a genuine zone two running, so. Not zone two pace, zone two heart rate, which is like a bit like big difference, um, because you end up being quite slow. And he was like, "Honestly, mate, it's like humbling and like embarrassing." And I was like, "Look, uh, I re- this reminds me of a quote where do not judge a day by the harvest you reap, but rather the seeds that you sow." Look at me being all deep and meaningful. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, this type of thing. The thing with it is, like, 
I'm just in the stage of just doing the work. Like the novelty of doing it, doing an Ironman or a half Ironman, is long, is long, long gone. Yeah, and it's just a case of um, you can you'd probably know better than, than me how far out I am being my coach. Um, yeah, I'm some way away, but I'm closer than I was, and it's just a matter of like I'm too close to stop. Yeah, I reckon if you can just get through the next six weeks, um, or sort of like get towards the the end of March, start of April period. That's when things really took a turn for the positive for me. Um, and I started to think I might actually be able to fucking do this. Um, I went and did a, a we called it a, a hot weather training camp. I went and stayed with my dad in Singapore for a week and we did three. I mean, obviously you don't have that same opportunity, but um, we did. Are you saying I'm not going to stay with your dad? No, I'm going to stay with my dad. Um, we went three big like 90K rides and he's quick. We're talking like. For stretches, like 35Ks an hour plus, like on the flat, just driving hard. Um, I can only ri- I can only ride that fast when I'm with him. I can't do it when I'm on my own. I can't do it in a race. He has to be there. But when he's there, fuck, we go hard. Um, and, I, yeah, that just that helped me really, really do well for my confidence. And that way, it fucked my confidence for the running because Singapore is so fucking hot. It is so hard to run there. Yeah. It's like... Mate, you think add like ninety five percent humidity, and that's that's the type of energy you're getting. Also, it's supposed to be thirty nine degrees on Monday, so yeah, um, that's going to be fun running that. Can't fucking wait. How long is that run supposed to be? Like fucking no, it's a deload week next week. Deload week. Not that, that might be crazy. <laughs> I prefer the longer, slower stuff. Yeah, like I would much rather go on a long run that takes about two hours than what I did today and like the faster interval stuff with a bit of rest. Yeah. I'd rather just settle into a pace and just get it done. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. But unfortunately we don't have, you don't have two hours twice a week. You don't have two hours on a, on a weekday to go for a run. No, I do have other responsibilities. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd great. Be- Another good thing, Andy. Um, there's some cricket on at the moment. I just thought I'd bring it up. At current time of recording, oh fuck, we just lost another wicket. Maybe not some good news. Uh, Australia is six for 190 um, against India, leading by 81 runs with four wickets remaining. So, you know, yeah, I have by the pitches. It's not the worst. Yeah, well, I mean, Jadeja's got four for Ashwin's only got one, um, but. I was honestly scared because Matthew Kuhneman took five wickets for 16 runs in nine overs. And I was like, if Matt Kuhneman can bowl that well as a as an Australian left-arm spinner or whatever he bowls, I feel like Ashwin and Jadeja are going to be turning corners. So maybe it's turning too much. Maybe that's the and, um, While we're on the topic of cricket and before we, before we move on, did you watch or hear anything of the test match between England and New Zealand. So I hadn't looked it up properly. I've been seeing some memes. I'm under the impression that England sent New Zealand in to follow on and lost by a Yes, that's exactly what happened. By a single paint. Let me paint a picture for you. England's first innings. um, Joe Root declared after 400... 
Joe Root wasn't captain anymore. Ben Stokes is a captain. Oh, yeah. Ben, Joe Root was still out batting. That's all it was. 153, not out. That was it. Um, yeah, it was as soon as it was 150. I forgot. Joe Root's not captain. Yeah. Um, England declared 400-odd, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, New Zealand then come out to bat. They bat. England and forth to follow on. Um, the athlete scored 73. Yeah, so New Zealand come out second innings, build the lead of about 200 and odd, and then all of a sudden, uh, New Zealand start taking wickets at a rate of knots. Joe Root is like, as well. Yeah, and it's looking like it's really going to be their day. And then Joe Root comes in and made 90 odd and put them back in the game. Then he gets, then he's out. And then it gets to a point where England are, they have two wickets left. Chris Folks come in. Is it Chris Folks? I think his name is. Comes in. Ben Folks. And um, starts just whacking boundaries, full mm. basketball style. And you're like, ah, oh, they'll make this. He scores 30 odd runs. He goes out. So England have last, so last day of the test match. I think it was the second session of the day. One wicket left, one wicket in hand for England, like seven runs to make. Jimmy Anderson comes out. Him and Jack Leach. I think Jack Leach had a single. Jimmy Anderson makes four. Yeah. Wax a boundary, so two runs to go, one wicket in hand, nicked caught behind, New Zealand win by one run. I'm very here for that. I'm very here for that. That's yeah. you know, that is test cricket. Even if like if you're an England fan, obviously you're going, oh, fuck, how did we lose that? But like that's what test cricket is about. Like we phenomenal. When people are like, oh, test cricket's boring, it's like No, it's not. You're not paying attention. It's one of them games where, I like, I only know all that because I watched all the like ten minute highlights. Yeah. Um, after I'd seen the result, just to to encapsulate the whole story and, and immerse myself as much as I could after the fact. But imagine watching five. Imagine following that. Like you're going to some of the, some of the days, or you're following along for um the entire five day test, and it finishes like that. Five days well spent. That's good cricket. Yeah. That, Very good cricket. I'm here for it. Alrighty, let's get into our fucking topic for today. We're yes. Talking about Andy, the role of mindset and self-talk in achieving fitness goals. What a fucking title! I, the thing, the thing I like about this is it's very funny because I'm, I'm talking very negatively about every single aspect of fitness that I'm undertaking currently. Yeah. But that's also my coping mechanism for just getting it done. <laughs> that's why I'm paying you money purely. So, <laughs> so you're. You're paying me for a program and having someone to complain to. Pretty much. Because yeah. if I didn't pay him money, well, well, I mean, Kira's not going to program for me, but she's also not going to listen to me too too much complain <laughs> about my training. So there you that's, go. Uh, that's bestowed upon you. Yay. Um, yeah, well, I guess, I mean, from like our point of view, um, when it comes to like obviously having like a huge training load, it can be like it's you need a, a somewhat of a coping mechanism to get yourself through, you know, 10 plus hours of training a week is that's a fucking lot. Like the majority of if you can hear that plane flying over the way. <laughs> um, the majority of people are spending like three, four hours of training a week, maybe. Yeah, that'd be at the upper end of what most people do. Like most people, like. If you really enjoy training and you're into like training, you're probably maybe four or five hours a week. Yeah. Like five, five days a week in the gym on average, an hour. Yeah. Maybe an hour and 
15 out and 10. Yeah. So like when you are, when you do have those like fucking ridiculous training loads, like we do, or I mean, you do at the moment, I don't, which is lovely. Um, Fuck off. Yeah. I would if I could. Yeah. It's like, you need to have a mind. Mindset does take like a huge, um, a huge role and like self-talk as well. Like you need to have that. I mean, I know Goggins is like a real, his self-talk is somewhat negative, but you need to find something that's going to work for you. Like for some people, it is that real negative. It's like they almost beat them, beat the shit out of themselves emotionally and mentally to get them through, you know, um, this, you know, like each individual session and and the event itself. To be honest, mate, the the event is fucking a piece of piss once you like compared to nine months of, of, smashing yourself every day of the week because you know that you're only hours away from being able to have a fucking beer and a pizza and relax yeah i think there's a big difference between like the kind of negative self-talk where you're like oh this is shit i can't do this like like if i was telling myself that oh i i I don't think i can cycle 90ks i don't think i can do a half marathon like that's a very different kind of self-talk than me being like i don't want to do this training session I really fucking hate this. This is boring as fuck. I hate cycling while I'm cycling. Like, they're two very different things. Like, that's just me giving out for the sake of giving out. It's like complaining about the weather. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to change it, but that helps you cope with the weather being, if it's shit, it helps you cope with the weather being shit. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because my, I mean, it's almost combative against my, like, my self-talk is shut the fuck up and do it just do it like you signed up for this you could not do it if you wanted to and you'll have to deal with the consequences you signed up for it do it and it's like i like like you said it's like the weather when it comes to the weather if it's people like when it's raining people like oh i hate that it's raining and i'm just like yeah and that people like yeah i'm just like well i can't do anything i can't change the weather all i can change is what i do when the rain starts to come i put my fucking rain jacket on i spend a bit more time outside i get a bit damp there's not really much else like like to it like um and just take advantage because there's fucking there's activities that you will only do when it's raining because they're inside activities and when you have the chance to go outside you want to go outside yes wanking is definitely number one no that's not that's not weather dependent <laughs> um definitely not an outdoor activity yeah but like it's it's so funny like it's i always say this to people in the gym like whenever they'll be like it uh when there'll be random times when it will just go really quiet. Like we're just seeing that no one's rocking up and clients are like, what do you reckon govern? Like, is it because it's raining that people aren't coming in? I'm like, it's not the fact that it's raining. It's a change in the weather. It's as soon as the weather changes, whether it's hot to cold, wet to dry. If the weather changes, people stop coming. Like they will take time off. Um, But it, yeah, like it's, like you can't do anything to adjust weather. And it's like, if I've signed up to do this event, I've I've either got to do it or I've just got to not do the event, which like the which is the decision I had to make when you know I was I was just struggling to be able to get anything done, partly because of injury and partly because I just my head probably wasn't in the right spot. I just went, this isn't the time. It's it's not the right moment, which you know it was a hard decision to make. I'm not going to say that I just, I was just sitting there and went, oh shit, fuck, I'm not going to do it. But um, I think. Yeah, like my mindset is definitely just, just fucking get done. Get get comfortable being uncomfortable. Trust the process. You know, seeds of of judge the day on the seeds you sow. That type of shit. It get it gets me through. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like 
no one's really forced me to do anything. Like realistically, there's very few things in life that you actually have to do. You have to eat and you have to drink water. And that's pretty much it. Like, And sleep. That's it. Yeah, and sleep. That's oh, like, Everything else is kind of like social pressure kind of things. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if I was to pull out of this now, I'm not pulling out, by the way. Just that disclaimer. So we if I was. Pull out game or lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah, the only people that would care would be me. Yeah. Probably you. You'd, be able to, you'd lose a client. I'd trash you. So I'd every day I'd yeah. be like, you're a weak, weak dog. You're a weak gutter dog. You have thin wrists. You're a snake. <laughs> I feel really thin wrists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't give you that much. Yet. I'd give you a little bit. But... Yeah, yeah, and I yeah think... wrist, but they're off limits. Yeah, not my wrists. Not too far, Robbie. Yeah, but there is Goggins does have a good point that it's like when you are um when you are training you or exercising in a race, whatever it is, as long as you can continue to answer the question why, you should be sweet. Like if you can ask yourself, why am I doing this? As long as you have an answer to that, you'll be able to keep going. So if it's a matter of I need to keep going here. Just answer the question. Yeah. It's always like, um, I, I can never remember who said the quote, but it's the pain of regret is always greater than the pain of discipline. It's, that's the, paraphrasing. The, it's the, um, yeah, it's, it was uh, it's, uh, the guy, Michael Jordan's trainer, Tim something. Yeah, but something like that. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, just say I pulled out and, and the competition date came and went, I'd always be like, Fuck! I would have been. I would have been done by now. Like mm. I wonder what it, it always would have been. This big. It would be this big what if hanging over my head. Whereas I can just fucking suck it up, just get it done, and then I can turn around and be like, "Oh yeah, did the half iron man." Yeah, exactly. Never do another track on again. A hundred, a hundred percent. I think it's, it's, so- it's like what we went through the sixty k run. Like it was, there was no thought and effort and planning going into that. It was just kind of like fuck around and find out. Mm. And then the entire way through, like there's. This is not like it's, it wasn't even a, an event. It was just kind of, it was a fundraiser. It was decentralized. It was us just traveling a ridiculously far distance that we could have gone not by foot, by foot. Yeah. On our but own. Also, like, it was like no one really, like, there's no obligation to finish it. With. Nah. If we'd stopped, Except no one would have. Yeah, no one would have given a shit. They'd be like, oh, yeah, no, fair play. 60K is a long way. I don't. I don't blame you for stopping. Yeah. But it would have just been that internal, like, you could have finished it. Yeah. It wasn't going to kill you. You might as well. Yeah. And, yeah, not going to lie. There were points where I was like, oh, this is, I'm not going to finish this. But then, you know, you hit, you just keep trundling along and then you hit halfway and then you hit, I hit the, when I hit the marathon, I was like, yay. And then, you know, when I got back to um, Centennial Park and I'm like, oh, there's like 10Ks to go. I was like, fuck, I might actually be able to do this. Yeah. The amount of line bikes I passed, I was like, Jez, that lost a jump on that. Oh. That was in my peak line bike phase as well. I just discovered how fantastic. Yeah, they you were going to ride a fucking line bike to the to the race. I did. You like come park at mine, and then we'll get line bikes. I was like, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I I didn't then consider you'd have to drive it home. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so Uber's is the way to go. But I got a line bike there. Yeah. Um, and fun fact: not allowed parking in Centennial Park. Even on the path, I yeah, I'd imagine so because otherwise the park would just be fucking packed with them. Yeah, which is fair enough. People leave them all over, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so I just outside of the the edge of um, 
Lime Black Territory is kind of like at the top of my road um, and there's like a, a walkway there um, which is how you would access my road from the city if you were coming by foot or by bike. And um, there's always stacks of Lime Bikes and all the other like Beam and all the other electric bike variables just dumped on there because you can't take them any further. Yeah, didn't you keep going and not realise the motor cut out? Uh-huh. They, they don't let you park, so they keep charging you until you bring it back. I was in somewhat intoxicated and didn't notice that I had to... You never cycle like intoxicated. I, I didn't notice that I had to push a little bit harder, so I was pedalling really fucking hard and being like, what's... Like, why has it gotten so hard? Is like, have I run out of charge or something? But your mindset and your self-talk got you up that hill. Yes. Um... <laughs> I think, yeah, obviously it's one thing for us to, you know, be like, ah, you know, we're doing this big, big, long event. Um, But I think when it comes to self-talk, like it's even just like the daily shit. Like, you know, if, if you're an average person, you know, who's just trying to get to the gym three times a week, like it can be so daunting to like, especially if you've been in a certain shape, like your entire life and you're trying to make, a significant change it can be so daunting to walk through those doors and have a crack and it's that self-talk and being able to get it to the point where it is like very i mean you know it's sort of like fixed versus growth mindset but very like i'm in charge of my own destiny i'm the one that can make this happen i'm the only one that can make this happen and be able to actually get yourself through the door every day because i mean for us like obviously like your like our endurance training is a bit out there but just going to the gym and training and eating well and sleeping well it's almost like part of our identity now so anything that challenges that identity would be hard but doing the things that we encourage our clients to do is part of our identity but it can definitely challenge theirs and being able to manage their self-talk from our perspective but also teaching them how to do it themselves and to be able to walk into the gym and and be like, no, I am someone that exercises. I am someone that doesn't get pissed every night. I am someone that eats well because it's going to make me feel better. I'm someone that wants to look after myself. Um, that is the can be the biggest hurdle. Once like getting into that kind of mindset is is the hardest part. The draining is fucking piece of piss compared to it. Yeah, like it, it's everything outside our training that once you get control of makes the whole process a hell of a lot easier. Mm. Like you were saying, like once you start identifying, not even identifying differently, but just when it comes to making a decision, it either is in line with what you're trying to do goals-wise or it's, a, or it's not. And if you start kind of talking to yourself differently and you're in a bit of a different mindset like, and you approach them decisions like, okay, is this in line with what I'm trying to do? Yes, sweet, I'm going to do it. Does it go against what I want to do? Yes. Well, then maybe I shouldn't do that or I should approach it from a different avenue or look into it a little bit more or whatever it is, like when it comes to going on the piss. Like this, it, what am I trying to say? I've lost my train of thought. I'm going to pick it up. Um, you're putting it down and picking it up. Where it's like, it's when you start saying things like, people are like, oh, let's go get a beer or something like that. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to come. I'd love to come. I'm not going to drink. Why? Oh, well, I've got the gym in the morning or I've got a walk in the morning or like 
I'm running in the morning. Like that's, and so when you stop making the like, the excuse of like, oh, I was going to train, but then, you know, we had a big night last night. It's like, no, I'm going to train. So I will not have a big night the night before. Yeah. And once you make decisions like that once, the, the next time it comes around, it becomes a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. And then the time after that, it's e- even easier again and so on and so forth. And it snowballs and you end up building that kind of mental resilience to doing things against what you're, overall overarching goal is yeah because you're used to making them little decisions yeah like a a a common one because like for me midweek i don't want to do anything that's my that's the time where i need to make sure that i'm at my best you know i need to be able to get up at you know 4 30 the next morning and be able to get my shit together and and go to the gym and be present as a as a coach for my clients so you know it'll be like you get invited to like something midweek you know you know let's go to the pub on a wednesday night Oh nah, sorry, I've I've got an early start tomorrow. And then, you know, the response is, so do I. And it's like, okay, but I value being able to get up and, and being sort of like super functional because as I said, that is a part of who I am right now. But it's well, yeah, it's when you stop start going, I'm gonna have a quiet one because I need to function tomorrow, as opposed to I'll just give up being able to function tomorrow so I can have a big one now. Um yeah. there's a big difference, like just showing up and showing up like ready to go and at your best. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we see from obviously the point of view of coaches with clients showing up first thing in the morning, like when you show up and you've maybe been on the piss the night before or even just kind of, like, you get clients that work until mm-hmm. midnight, which is mental. And then they're showing up at 6 a.m. and they're like, they're not all there. Like, right, well, if you've been on the piss, because of your actions, you're now not really ready to go. Mm. like you're still up early but you're in a different state of readiness yep. whereas if you kind of made made some better decisions the night before you'd be there at 6 a.m still but raring to go yeah and you'll look at showing up and they're showing up with intent yeah exactly and you look forward to showing up with intent like when you have an intention to do something you're not going to rock up and you're not you're not going to be like oh, i don't want to go to the gym you're going to be like fuck yes get to go to the gym um I definitely think that's like, especially self-talk wise, if you can kind of like make that move from the, I kind of, the like the negative and not, as I said, not negative as in like, you're a little bitch, you got to get this done. Although to me personally, I don't think that's super healthy, but the negative is in like, I have to go to the gym or um, it, a common one is like, you know, when you go to it, your, your client, you give your client 10 to 12 reps, they do 12 reps fairly easily and you go to put on more weight and they go, oh, like, oh, it's a punishment that I have to do more weight. It's like, mate, you just fucking nailed that set. You get to do more weight. Like, you've proven to me that you're capable of adding more weight, so let's add more weight. And I, I feel like that's that's a good indicator when you're making those those kind of having those thoughts of I get to go to the gym or I, I, have, I can't do this because I have training or I get to increase the weight or, yeah, I get to go harder. Like that's definitely, and you, you, you know, I mean, from our perspective, you know, the clients, you recognize it in the clients when they're, um, when they're moving into that mindset of I get to do this, so I want to do this, and it's like almost that you're just trying to stop them from going off too quick at that point. It's like holding a leash on a dog at that point. Yeah, especially in that context, like when you've earned the right to do something, there's that sense of accomplishment, and then that gives you the dopamine. But you don't get there if you're constantly just kind of showing up and going through the motions and just mm. oh once i'm in the gym yeah i'm fine yeah like but there's still effort to be put in it's quite common as coaches to see or to get clients who come on board and they think just by paying someone to tell them what to do 
they'll make results. But then if you don't follow through and do what you're yeah. being advised and being told, well, mm. point of pay, point of payments really. Yeah, well, I mean, it's creating that buy-in and and moving from the um as uh, as Matt Duncan has so lovingly uh, put to us, moving from that um like dependent mindset to the independent one where you go from kind of like when you're in that dependent mindset, it's like you're going from I'm not going to do it to I need someone to tell me how to do it. And it's, it gives you an opportunity to blame the process then because you can just not buy into it and just be like, oh, it was the process's fault. Like, you know, his training did or he wasn't a very good trainer or his training didn't work or her nutrition was fucked or like it can always be someone else's fault but when you start to become a bit more independent and you can start taking ownership over like your actions and an agency and being like oh it's not that the the um system didn't work it was that i didn't buy into the system and i didn't take part in it to make make sure that it works um yeah that movement there is one of sort of like the biggest changes that you can make in terms of yeah. mindset. i remember when i like a few years ago when I was a when I was a wee lad, so that, and um, you know, like you always get clients who maybe don't make as much progress as they thought, or like make fuck all progress, and you always think like, oh shit, what what's wrong? Like what's wrong with the program that I've written them? Like this, this, and that. Like oh no, where I'm falling down is not my program. It's not my my nutrition coaching. It's actually I'm not getting them in the right headspace to actually do the work and make the changes. Mm. And I think. Once I figured that out, I was like, oh, well, if I can help people do that and go down the kind of more mindset route and like, I know how to program, you can only get so good at programming. Like, yeah, you, you continue to get better and learn more. Yeah. But for a large part of it, that's not what's holding most people back. What's mm-hmm. holding most people back is getting them in the in the position and in the headspace to be ready to do the work Yeah. and yeah. fight through when they have kind of challenging weeks because challenging weeks are going to happen particularly when you're someone who fitness isn't your main thing. Training isn't your main thing. That's not, that's just another part of what you do. It's not who you are. So when little roadblocks come up, it's one of those priorities that gets dropped straight away. Not straight away, but early on compared to other things. How can can we take someone like that and maybe flip that and just crank up the the level of priority on their training to actually start seeing results and stop being like, oh, I must be writing shit programs because so and so isn't seeing results. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like the uh, the common yeah the su- common thing is the first thing that drops is oh I'm just going to take a break from the gym or I'm on a break from the gym. So no one should ever be on a break from the gym. Yeah, so, do you take a break from eating? Do you take a break yeah. from sleeping? Like saying that I am on a break from the gym. <laughs> yeah, but you're still training. Like yeah, it's you're not taking a break as in I'm not going to exercise. Like how many people will say I'm taking a break from the gym and then still go out and do six sessions a week? Very, very few people. Yeah, that was zero for anyone that's not watching the video that doesn't exist. I'm zero percent that. Better go a little minuscule. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. So I, yeah, from that point of view, it's it's being capable of um of getting yourself. My I've lost my train of thought, but I just got it back. From that point of view, it's. It's making that some form of exercise a necessary thing, one or necessary part of your day. One of the things that I've brought up with my clients is um, making movement like habitual and like a ritual. Like you don't 
one, one thing that I've been doing a lot more this year because obviously with no try training, I've dropped and not being able to run. That's like a significant amount of my movement and my outdoor time that's that's gone. And so now I'm like, all right, well, I need to rep- I need to make sure I am outside and I am moving. So now it's like most days just before dinner. So now that this like because the sun's still up, I'll go out for a wander. And it's even like I'll just I'll walk the same walk. Just it's like a kilometer each way, not even. But it just means that I'm out in the sun, get a bit of sun, few steps in, back inside. It's it's good for you in any way. But again, for me, that's like it's easy to make that change. For people who are have got their job stressing them out, their you know their kids stressing them out, their partner stressing them out, family stressing them out, finishing work at 7 p.m., getting home, absolutely fucking exhausted. All they want to do is sit down, have to make themselves dinner, want to buy back some of their own time by sitting there staring at the TV for a couple of hours. And all of a sudden it's like 10 o'clock at night and they've been – and then they they, got, they start getting ready for bed, 11 o'clock into bed. they got to be up at 6 o'clock the next morning to go to work. It's like that's like that's not sustainable. But also I can understand how – that would be it, it's a lot harder in that situation to be like oh no i'll still make time to go for my evening walk i thought you were going to continue it looked like you were... i was done <laughs> it looked like you were going to continue talk hope andy says something or i'm going to have to just leave a big gap and then talk again <laughs> just like frozen like staring back at you now you're looking really creepy stuff <laughs> Um, but no, you're dead, right? And do you find it really weird, like, having more time? And do you feel like you have the need, like, oh, I have all this time, I need to fill it now? Because you've gotten plenty of hours of your time back not having to train for that, which for some people can be can be a bit of a challenge. Like, if you go from being, like, up here, like, redlining to then just all of a sudden back down here, mm. nice visuals for you. It can be tricky to, to deal with that and, and soldier on. Yeah, I mean, it's like like roughly 15 hours a week um, that I'm getting back. Uh, about three of those go into sleeping on a Saturday morning. Just don't fucking waste it watching How I Met Your Mother. No, I finished How I Met Your Mother. I'm back onto, the, uh, onto Archer and, and Entourage at the moment. <laughs> no, watch, mate. Watch Yellowstone. Um, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to start watching because my housemate and I are watching Full Swing, the golf documentary. No, no, no. Watch Yellowstone. And then... Uh, I might watch Drive to Survive. No, mm-hmm. watch Yellowstone. Drive to Survive is the shittest sports documentary and ever. Got um, Rise of the Dolphins, which is about the, of, of course, the Redcliffe Dolphins, the new rugby club. Um, that Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> I'm just doing this to piss you off. I'm just looking at uh, all the facial expressions. I've been recommended to watch the Test, which of course is about cricket. Yeah, that's supposed to be good. I do want to- Can I give you some advice? Yeah, that's not Yellowstone. Don't watch Drive Survive. It is the shittest sports documentary ever. I'm enjoying it. It is fucking awful. I'm enjoying because it. Because the storytelling is so bad. I've watched it. tells nothing about the actual. As someone who's been a Formula One fan for fucking years, it is the worst documentary in the world. You sound like um, anyone who read The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit before they released The Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. <laughs> nah. The exact energy you're giving off right now. Well, the Hobbit, was sh- the Hobbit movie was shit as well. There was three of them. Yeah, all three of them were shite. 
I think Lord of the Rings is faster. Um, but yeah, Drive Survive because it, it doesn't actually focus on the racing and the actual sport. It's on all the little stories behind the scenes and gives yeah, but that's very the, little insight into how the championship actually goes. And they cut everything arseways. That's the point of it. Like that's the yeah, no, but it, it it's just really bad. But the, the, you know, the whole point of Drive to Survive and and the golf one and the tennis one is people watch the documentary, they start to get invested in the drivers, and then they start watching the sport. It's not for you. You're already a sport. But it's still a shit sports documentary. <laughs> it's not a sports documentary. It is. It's a people it's documentary. A, it's just that what they it's do. A better sport. The, the, the idea is not to get someone who is a fan of F1. No, I, I, know what, I know what the idea no, is. They wouldn't release it a year later if, you, if they wanted you to. <laughs> no, I get that. But when you're taking clips and like audio and video clips from one race and then overlaying it onto a completely different race weekend just to fabricate drama and fabricate a story, it's a dramatic enough sport as it is. You don't need to fabricate shit. So cop on and stop doing it. If they, I mean, first of all, Andy, just because you're giving out about it, they're not going to stop. I'm pretty sure they're making some decent coins. I think they'll continue. Oh, they're making unbelievable money. If they made a, um, probably more people to Formula One. If they made a Gaelic football. Netflix documentary that wasn't about the sport, it was about the players. Would you watch it? No, probably not. <laughs> mm. All right, fair call. If we deviate from the tangent that we just on um, and go back, like strategies wise, what are some of your strategies, Andy, for uh, mindset and self talk? Not watching Drive Survive. Uh, all right, write that down, people. Strategy number one to, for a positive uh, growth mindset, not watch Drives as Five. No, watch Yellow Sunset. Um, I think really like the main thing is, at least for me anyway, is just having that support network around you. Like, hang on, I'm just going to close the door. There's another fucking playing on our head. the door open? Yeah, mate, I don't think you understand how fucking hot the spare room gets. The, the answer is very, All right. very. I didn't realize um, your name was your middle name was Rookie. Robbie, fuck off. <laughs> Andy R. Keating Ark. Andy the Rookie Keating. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. The podcast is now just Robbie's. It's now Better Bloke. I was going to say Better Bloke. <laughs> just Bloke. That's debatable. Um, no, I think. One of, the, one of the best things you can do is have a support network around you, especially if you if it is something that you struggle with, like kind of not even motivation, but like discipline and just getting going. Like having someone like I have you to complain to, and that's kind of that's my couple mechanism to get it done. But having someone who's going to kind of like listen to your issues and be able to kind of point you in the right direction or give you advice, or help you out, and that. That's a big part of where we come into to people's fitness journey as well. Like for a lot of people, it's not just the expertise of being a of kind of what we know about nutrition, what we know about programming, and so, and so on and so forth. It's just being a mate. A large part of the time. Well, like, if you have shit chat, you probably won't be a good coach. Oh, yeah. For a lot of people, I, I've managed to do it, so I'm, I might just be there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You were about to come I was about to, and then, and then I thought better of it. You were like, oh, no, this will be too positive. 
Yeah. No, it would go against my pessimistic nature. <laughs> you pessimistic cunt. Yeah. But yeah, have a support network around you. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, 100% agreed. I think one of the best things I've ever done is invest in a coach um, for, and that, that being Dave. Um, and then I think also having like a lot of friends that are in like somewhat in. Sorry. I, you just said you had a lot of friends. That was mean. I was going to say friends that are invested in my journey that, you know, give, will offer support and, and be there um, and for me as well. But one of my big things is um, is like journaling at the end of the day. Um, so I, I have two two journals because I'm that, that anal about it. So I have one where I write th- three things that I'm grateful for, three things that I did well in the day, and then almost like just like a quote to live by or like something that, you know, something that I was thinking that day, like a little, like a thought or a quote um, or something like that. So the other day I had a good day and I wrote, everything's coming up Millhouse was my quote of the day, um, which you would get if you've watched The Simpsons, but Andy either doesn't get it or is not paying attention because he didn't react at all. Um, I was checking the score of the cricket. <laughs> and and you were on a run, so I was just going to let you go because everything was going up. Um, yeah, so everything, so like that's that's the first journal. And the second one is like it's the Daily Stoic Journal and it kind of, it reminds me from that kind of, I mean, I'm a, I've gotten deep in or well, a lot further into Stoic philosophy over the last like two years. And it's definitely like it's something that I share the values with, but it's also just helped like mentally as well, being able to cope with stuff. And being able to like so in this this journal, it gives you a morning reflection and an evening reflection, and asks you a question for the day. So usually, I'll try and answer that as in general life, and then what my plan is for the day in the morning, and then in the evening, I'll be like, "Did I do it? Like, what went well? What didn't go well? Like, what we could we work on?" Um, and try and take some time to reflect, and like the gratitude just helps you be like. I mean, a little bit more fucking grateful, um, but it gives you perspective. Like one of the things Gary said the other week was if you ever want some perspective, just go to um go to an oncology ward at a at a hospital and and you'll I'm sure you'll find some. So it just helps me have a little bit more perspective over how, you know, it's like I'm how lucky I am to be, you know, where I am, especially when it comes to like fitness and training. Like I get like I have the opportunity to do so much and and surrounded by such so many smart people that want to see me succeed. It like it's like when you really think about it, you're like, fuck, you know, like I can do some amazing things. Like I can stand on the shoulders of giants here. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, it's the, the journaling um, definitely, definitely helps um, get me past those times of fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I think the, what I enjoy about journaling, I'm probably not as on top of it as I used to be. No, I, not probably. I definitely am as, as on top of it as I used to be, but the nice thing about like them pre kind of like printed ones, like when it's not just a blank notebook, is it gives you prompts and prompts like the prompts that it gives you allow you to actually think and reflect on kind of on pretty much what you were saying, like oh how like it gives you perspective, it lets you know how grateful you are. Like <clears throat> the life that we get to lead is is a fairly privileged one. Like especially that there's a lot of shit happening, even within Sydney, like the amount of people who are struggling looking for rent and they're gone and they're showing up to house viewings and there's another, there's a hundred other people there yeah. and you don't know when you're going to have somewhere to live and you're probably bouncing from hostels to 
Airbnbs to was it easy rent or whatever. Yeah, and some and when you do find something that's there, you're being charged an extortionate price. Yeah, but even even little things like that, not having to deal with that sort of shit, like it just puts you at, puts you at ease. It keeps you as stress free as possible. It's always going to be stress, but when you have tools like a journal, it does give you perspective. And there's always someone going through worse. All I can do is keep going. I'm giving out about having to run and cycle and swim for an event that I knowingly and willingly signed up to. You, yeah, that was your. My goal. problems are my problems aren't problems. They're just slight irritations that I've inflicted on, upon myself. That might be a good way to think about them. It's like, oh, it's, it, it, what is it? It's a, it's a slight irritation. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, and not even like it's a self-inflicted slight irritation. Yeah. At the end, I'll be very glad that I did, and I'll have a massive sense of accomplishment and a big held rush of dopamine which would be very nice oh the dopamine's great until you start yeah. feeling the body yeah tell you what probably on the um switch tangent a little bit on the weekends just past i was down at um at huskerson uh for the husky tri festival which i was uh, obviously supposed to race at um supposed to do the ultimate which is in a uh, half ironman distance um which was supposed to be a, a practice run like what last year was mountaintop this year was supposed to be a practice run um, but yeah, I, obviously with injury, I didn't, um, didn't have to, had some positive signs on the injury this week, Andy, which is good to hear. Um, tell me more. Uh, I will, uh, but I'll tell you this story about Husky. Yeah, please tell me. Um, there were some, some people in real pain, finit going over that finish line. One of, like one of our mates that, that was down there that was, uh, I remembered specifically like calling out to him, go, Kerry, well done, good stuff, like calling out to him as he went past. And, like, I don't think he even realised we were there. He was just in so much, like, hurt that he was just only inside his own head. But with that in mind, there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm, I miss this. Like, I miss the that constant state of, of, of being able to, like, push myself. Because, like, you know, I, I can't do that at the moment because the the body's not really in the space in the spot where i'd like it to be but i definitely did feel a little bit of perspective like i actually i do it so then when i get the opportunity again i am going to enjoy it because like not many people get to the be in a state where they get to push themselves like that physically as much um so i was definitely grateful for that um and it kind of reminded me of um it's a it's a something that chris williamson has said and it's i mean it's not his original work but he it was on his podcast and then it's um, alpha motivation re like did a reel of it so it's doing the rounds on instagram but he said um he said he's like pain is or like suffering is gonna happen like bad shit's gonna happen you're gonna get injured you're gonna get you know your missus is gonna leave you or your parents are gonna <laughs> yeah kira's she's told me she's on the way out just waiting <laughs> waiting to get married so she can get some alimony off you <laughs> um uh yeah, like bad shit's going to happen. People are going to die. Like you're going to lose your job or, I mean, you might lose your job. You might lose your house, all that kind of things. But like when you when things are going well, you can prepare yourself for that suffering by intentional suffering. Um, like actually, which is what people are like, why you do this, I'm in. It's like I kind of wanted to put myself through the ringer a little bit so I can take a bit more control over what I put myself through rather than it being put through shit. Um, and it's it's fucking liberating. I have to tell you, man. Like when you when you get on that course, you're like 
it you feel liberated because you're like I'm in charge here like it doesn't matter what happens like this isn't a race really like it's a race but for you it's the race is against you your mind and it's just getting yourself over the line I reckon it's fucking liberating um and it's on the weekend I was reminded how how lucky I am that I I can get myself back to a point where I, I, I'm lucky that I've done it and I can get myself to a point where I can get back out there on, on the field and, and have a red hot crack um, because, yeah, like it feels pretty good when you're done. Speaking of how liberating and sad race is going to be, I had a, had a quick read through the rules. Mm. You're not allowed, so like when you're on the run, you're not allowed to unzip your fucking tricep and like mm. run topless. So you can't, you're not supposed to be able to show your nipples? That's silly. Um, there were like there were a few blokes on Sunday that were pretty unzipped. But look, mate, wait. Do you have a sleeved tri suit or a sleeveless one? Neither. You don't have a tri suit yet. No, I would get another borrow yours. You won't. F- <laughs> no, you're not borrowing mine. Fuck off. <laughs> I want to buy one. Um, I also don't have a wetsuit. Uh, you have to wear a wetsuit. Yeah, I would recommend it in uh, in cans because of the large uh, presence of jellyfish up there. Jellyfish are going to be running scared of me, I tell you that. <laughs> um, swimming scared of you. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to. Um, yeah, not supposed to get the rig out. Um, I think I don't. I don't know the specific reason. There's so many fucking rules, and. The thing is, if I was to like unzip it and had a bit of a nip slip, you get disqualified. You don't get a time penalty, you get disqualified. Yeah, I that's mainly aimed towards the pros. I don't think anyone's going to be really giving out to you about um, unzipping your tri suit. Plus, on the oh, right, my the day before, so you you hand in your bikes um, and you you put all your kit the day before in the um, transition area so that they're ready for when you you come through the next day and you do like a tour of the transition area. So you understand how it works, the flow, where you come in, where your shit is, where you, where you, you go out. And we're doing a, um, a tour of the, the bike. So the, the water, the first transition T1. So water to bike and the race, di- I think it was race director or race referee was there and he was fucking giving it the big. And he was like, he was like, if you do this, you're going to get a yellow card. If you do this, you're going to get a time penalty. You do this, you get that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I did not see a single person get penalized. And I saw so many people breaking the rules. So I was like, I don't think they care unless you're a pro. I think if you're a pro, yeah. there's genuine money on the line. But if you're, you know, the average Joe, they're like, mate, have a crack, have a red hot crack. Because one of the rules is you, you might have seen it like um, no drafting on your bike. I'm drafting everyone. So it's some, it's, I think, was it like three meat? Is it? 10 meters or three meters you have to be behind? It's like 10. I think it's, it might even be like 20. I think it might be 10. And then if you go, at least double digits. If you go to overtake someone, you have a, an amount of time before you have to be either 10 meters ahead of them or fuck it and go back. Um, and yeah, and no drafting. So you're not allowed to be going along as a group. Everyone was just overtaking like a motherfucker. Like people would not doing it by time. People were not 10 metres apart. And at one point, this group of, I reckon it was about somewhere between 8 to 12 men came past me. Their wheels were probably fucking touching each other. Like they were going that fucking quick. Um, and they were all like 
like proper together, like doing it. And I was like, all right. So apparently these rules are just an absolute fucking joke. Um, yeah. So no, I think, I don't think, I'd say don't unzip it all the way. Just do, I think I had mine at like a half zip maybe. Say fuck it. See how many rules you can break. <laughs> what are you going to do? Disqualify me? I'm going to get yeah. my money back. Um, yeah, nice. Well, that just about brings us to the end of our main topic for the day. Yeah. Mindset. I have, a, I have a backup topic for you, Robbie. Not a backup. What the fuck is it called? Ten minute, Ten minute tackle. Where in my notes? <laughs> Why your gym crush is never going to notice you. Right, I know there are hard truths about the gym. <laughs> I'll start the timer. You ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. Why is my gym crush never going to notice me, Andy? Because you're a fucking annoying cunt. <laughs> Stop timer. Uh, yeah, that's done. We did te- 10 minute, 10 second tackle. Yeah. I feel that's like my it. annoyingness is endearing. That is, I do want to clarify, this is not directed directly at you. This is just out into the ether, out into... Uh, it is definitely directed out. in just 100% at me. I'm being directed at... <laughs> um, you, you crushed on someone in the gym, Robbie. Is it me? Yeah, it's you. Nah, I'm kidding. It's Dave. You don't have big enough arms. Um, yeah, why do? What well, like genuinely? Why? Why? Andy, he's got a um, he's got a, a fiance, so he doesn't have a gym crush. But why won't my gym crush notice me, Andy? Like, what am I doing wrong? Because most people go to the gym to just fucking stick in the headphones, do the train, and shag off home. Exactly. I think, yeah, I think like the gym is obviously like a place to meet people that are like like-minded and have similar values. So I don't think there's anything specifically wrong with with talking to someone, but I think you've got to fucking pick your moments. Like I, I definitely think there are people out there that are just like trying to chat a little bit too much, whether it be a gym. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, whether it be a gym crush or just they just want to, like, chat a little bit. Like, I think for so many people, like, especially, like, if you're limited on time and you you get to the gym and you're like, I've got an hour, this is the shit I want to get done. And then some cunt with a mullet and a moustache rocks up and starts going, hey, how you doing? How's your day? Like, what's it? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, fuck off, bro. Like, just let me have my time to myself. Um, But I also think that, like, I think everyone does this is we are, we over very, very much overestimate how much other people in the gym, A, notice us and B, give a fuck about us. Oh, absolutely. But the amount of time, and it, it happens as well, not in the context of fancying someone, but also the context of being judged. Like you think, oh, he's over there looking at me. She's over there looking at me. Realistically, they're probably away with the fairies, mm. having the fucking clue what's going on. In between sets, still their own thing. Like focusing on themselves or thinking about something stupid. It's fine. You're the last thing on their mind. Because uh, they're not there for like you when it comes down to it. And yeah, they're, they're there for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you think like like you personally, like maybe not you, Andy, but to the, to the listeners, um, if you're if you're like, why isn't my gym crush noticing me? It's like how many fucking people apart from that one person do you notice in the gym? Like realistically, like we're in there every day. So we start to pick up on people, but you know, like there'll be, there'll be maybe like someone that I've seen almost every day for the last year and a half. 
and I'll I'll they'll I'll mix the one person into like five or six people. They're all the one person in my head. Like I'll see them and be like, oh, weren't you in this morning? It's like no, it's a completely fucking different person. But like realistically, there's so many in- people in there that just I'll let you won't notice. You won't even pay attention to. They're just nah. unless they're doing something fucking dumb or they're wearing something particularly interesting. You're probably just going, oh, hey now, huh? Hey now, hey now. It, people, well, people. It was interesting to wear in the gym. Oh, there was someone wearing. There was a bloke, bloke who used to wear the really colourful tights. That was um. That was an interesting. Yeah, with the long hair. There was yeah. a a girl wearing a um, a like a leotard, that but it was pretty much like backless. I can't say not to. When was this? So it was. Oh, she's just been in a couple of times. I noticed that. And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Um, you always know when people are barefoot. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Put your shoes just put, just, like at least no problem with people train like wanting to train barefoot, training socks. Yeah, at least have your socks on. Um, I don't. I don't want to be in my place of work looking at your fucking monkey toes. <laughs> I just don't. I like. I don't see how it's like particularly comfortable. Like, like I enjoy walking around barefoot. Like, yeah. Like. If I'm driving somewhere, and I'm, especially if I'm knocking out of the car, I just want to push shoes on. Yeah. We've definitely just tangented a little bit, by the way, in the time we're We've just tangented, tangented. Yeah, true. Um, back on topic. Other hard truths about the gym. Um, your squat doesn't count if you don't go all the way down. Yeah, if your hips don't go past your knees, it's not a squat. Yeah. Mr. 220 kilos. Mate. Uh, no one cares about the number on the weight you're lifting if you lift it like shit. Yeah. Like, and we can tell you this from like a PT perspective, like if we see someone load up a bar, we will probably start to pay attention. Like we will start to take notice. If you, especially if it's going to be a good lift, it's interesting to watch. If it's going to be a shocking lift, you're like, oh, Jesus, this can't kill himself. Yeah. It's from a safety perspective. And if you you put 220 kilos on your back and you squat down maybe three inches, that's all he needed. You very clearly do not have the strength to be squatting that weight. Yeah. So you're also getting nothing from it. Quite concerning seeing that, and you're like, "Oh fuck! Yeah. I hope this guy doesn't go a half an inch too low because he doesn't really have the strength to be squatting." He's not it getting and out of it. Fucking get stapled to the floor <laughs> between the barbell and the floor. <laughs> stapled to the floor. I love it. Um. Yeah. No one can like. We'll have a look to see how well you're doing it. And look, uh, same thing goes to like if you're making heaps of noise. We'll have a look. If you're moving like shit you're going to get disrespected. If you're someone that we can tell is just trying their best, we'll always, we're always here for that. And chances are we'll probably offer some advice. If you're someone that's like doing some dumb shit because of their ego, because your ego's gotten in the way, you're going to get disrespected. Another hard truth, Andy. Yeah. And um, this isn't a hard truth. This is just more of an annoyance. Uh, you don't need to stand right in front of the dumbbell rack to do any exercise. Take your dumbbells, take a step or two back so other people can access the rest of the dumbbells, then do your exercise. Uh, it's not that hard to put your weights back where you got them from. That's not even a hard, that's not a hard truth. Well, I suppose it would be, but also it's just common courtesy, isn't it? Stop, stop being a cunt. Um, yeah, you can't. It's, it's not the end of the world if your workout doesn't go exactly to plan. Yeah, not every, not every training session is going to go to plan and actually most of them won't yeah but getting the most out of the training session that you can in that particular day and just sometimes take the shit days on the chin 
come back in the next day and go again. If you're going to rock up at you know between six thirty and seven thirty, which is the busiest to, uh, hour in the gym, and if that's the only time you can train, that's the only time you can train. But <clears throat> either don't come in with the plan of go, using eighteen different pieces of equipment at once, or be okay if you have to only use one, and that's not the one you wanted. Oh, I got a good one. Yeah, go. You more than likely, very few people know as much as they think they do. Oh, no one knows as much as they think they do. It's like you know, um, I've had a, you, ha- you get it every now and then someone kind of like inquires for coaching, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just gonna give it a go by myself first and see how it goes. Like, okay, well, what are you gonna do? So, oh, I don't know. All right, that's fair enough. I'm a, yeah, I, I don't think I'm ready. It's like I don't think I'm ready for PT yet. It's like no, it's the opposite way around. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go, and then if I feel like I need you, I'll hire you. It's like okay, like hire me, don't hire me. Like that. Yeah, you're not gonna hurt my feelings by it by not um, coming on board for coaching. But when you're like, oh, I'll I'll try by myself first, and then I like that's probably the wrong attitude to take. Yeah. Do the other way around and you'll save yourself a lot of time yeah. and a lot of money. But there's also um Luke Lehman mentioned it to us at a seminar once, which was the there's um I know what is it like unaware I know you're like unaware of how dumb you are and then you're you're and then you're aware of how dumb you are and then you're aware no, you're yeah, something like that. Do you know what I'm going the line I'm going down? It's like something ignorant. Uh, like ignorant, unaware and then aware, ignorant, aware, or something like that. Oh, like that kind of like continuing. Yeah. So it's like that you someone who doesn't uh, doesn't know what they're they're talking about, but like knows they 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 don't know, or they like they're, they're like a motive, they're nothing to do with it. And then there's the people who think they know what they're talking about, but they they don't know enough to know that they don't know what they're talking about. And then there's the people who've then learnt a bunch, and because they've learnt a bunch, they're now aware of how little they know and then there's the people who are genuine fucking like geniuses and 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 knowledge so it's like it's like comfort the like confidence is on the left uh knowledge is on the bottom and it's like starts low goes up really high really quickly and then drops back down a whole bunch and then starts to gradually go up as you become as you start to become more knowledgeable you get more confident you may have to um design a visual graph to, to come with that story because we'll post on it no I, I kind of get what you're saying because I know I, yeah. I know the con- the context and the conversation or the I just can't remember the, the line of uh, of teaching that Luke that accompanies Luke saying that, but um yeah you really fucked that one. I did well. Hard truth. That's the end of our ten minute tackle. Yeah, nailed it. Stop staring at women in the gym. Yeah, so that's that's really the lesson you take from that. Last one. Uh, lifting too heavy weight isn't going to impress the girls at the gym. Yeah, no one cares. All right, Andy, do you... The boys, the boys care. But <laughs> the, the fucking boys do. Do you have a shower thought, Andy? Do you have any thoughts? Have you been thinking about anything in the shower? And not like that. <laughs> um, I did have one. And uh, the fuck I think of it. It's funny how often I'll go, this would be a good shower thought. And then it comes to Yeah, you recording. think... It wasn't shower thought. It was something I, was, I thought of when I was driving home. And now I... Do you want to? My, my shower thought is one. Yeah, you go with yours. So mine was driving home, um, and it's actually it's very it's a very supportive one. I'm actually pretty proud of this one. So, um, I I train I work two nights a week at at FP. So I drive home at roughly the same. OP. OP. OP now. One playground. Op. Op. Um, 
uh, so I drive home at the same time on those Monday, Wednesday nights. And as I'm going along um, Abercrombie Street past, um, fuck, I forget the park. It's where the, the race course is. It's like near the fish market. So I'm going down towards the fish market. Oh, it begins at W. Yeah. Wentworth Park. Park, yeah. Wentworth Park. Um, there's this this older Asian man who who runs around there and, like, his, his technique's pretty average, um, which just comes from years of moving not brilliantly. You end up in some positions that you don't really want to be in. But with that in mind, he gives it a fucking go. And that's what I'm here for. So my shower thought is me being here for anyone that just gives it a fucking go, that's just going to have a crack and be proud of the fact that they had a crack. That's my shower thought. That's a good one. And um, I'm not going to be able to top that because I can't think of what it was. I should really write them down more, but I do tend to get them when I'm driving. And you don't go on your phone when you drive. You could voice note it. Uh, even still, because it's in that little holder. You kind of got to, like, I'd have to open WhatsApp. And then, or like, not WhatsApp, like um, the, the memo app. You could, still, uh, you could WhatsApp me it and just voice note it and be like, don't listen to that. It's a shower thought. Yeah, but even still, I'd have to open WhatsApp and hold down the little microphone while still paying attention to the road. It's while better than texting, I, I still wouldn't do it. All right. Well, I'm glad to. Yeah. So you, you've got none for me? No, it, I'm drawing a blank. See, when you try and think of something like that, you're drawing, you you're drawing a, a blank things that you usually draw, Andy. What? I don't know. Rugby League starts tonight. Parramatta Eels versus the Melbourne Storm. Who do you reckon is going to win? Storm. Yeah, that's, I'm a I'm a Manchester United fan. Who? That has nothing to do with rugby league. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Who, by the way, came back from one nil down to win three one over West Ham in the FA Cup uh, round of sixteen or fourth round, whatever they call it now. Which means we are now Europa League round of sixteen, FA Cup quarter final. Third in the Premier League. Is there, not, is there not two legs? No, we of what? Of the FA Cup. No. Isn't it? No, they've never had two legs. So they have... Um, the, the round before was two legs. No. Yes, it was. No, there's replays. Oh, that's it. Yeah, no, you're right. So there's re- that's the last round of replays. So now they just go to extra time and injury time. Oh. But yeah, like it's really hard for us because we're, now we're only in three competitions. Because we won one of them. Look, I'm just happy to be sporting my football team that's doing real well for the first time in a few years. I mean, I, I don't talk here at Tottenham. I don't care about football anymore. So. Well, I'm happy, all right? You just let me be happy. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't say anything about being happy. I just said I don't care. Um, we also forgot to put a uh, box up on the stories so we don't have any questions off Instagram. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to do questions every week. I want to do them every week. Andy's ready to, Andy's ready to finish up. He's a bit tired. Let's finish it there, <laughs> my man. We'll do, we've done all the time. I had a question for you. All right, I'll go fuck myself then. Well, do you have a question for me? I was more like, are you excited for the weekend? <laughs> I'm excited for the weekend. What are you doing on the weekend, Andy? Uh, I'm going down to Kayama with Budgie's mother. Mm. Driving the van. Is that Kayama 7s? Uh, no, not the 7s. That was beach tag, beach tag rugby. Oh, fun. Yeah. Should be good fun. 
I get my own room. The uh, uh, hostel was down as a pool. Why do you get your own room? Are you going now with two chicks? No, three blocks. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. Lucky you. Whenever I've gone anywhere with three blokes, they've put us all in one fucking room. I have to deal with other yeah. kind of snoring. Um, uh, we each get our own room. I was I was pretty shocked by that point. Yeah, right. Love that for you. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, you got, you got a fucking ass? You were going somewhere with Fuji as well. Oh, I've got something you Fuji as well, but this is a little bit a little bit higher up. And as Andy was giving, giving out to me before, he's like, why don't I get to do that? I'm like, well, I've been doing it for four and a half years. So I think I, I've earned a little bit of a, a little bit more fun. So tomorrow I'm flying down to Melbourne uh, for the Super Rugby Super Round. So we're doing a little pop-up and an activation. And I might even get out on the pitch for another race. This time at Amy Park. Can you fucking win this one? Because you had that one in the bag and you missed three drop goals. Yeah. I'd like to say that I, I, I'd i never intended to win, but I did not miss those drop goals on purpose. <laughs> that was a genuine attempt. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll practice my thong drop goals. How about that? You should. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you very much, anyone that's made it this far. Um, you guys are kings and queens and we're here for it. Um Hit all the buttons if you can. Subscribe, follow, like, share, notifications bell, everything and anything um, we'd love. Send us some messages. Tell us who's got a better mullet, who's got a better moustache. Um, yeah, just be part of the, the Better Blokes community. We're here for it. My moustache sometimes looks like Hitler. Mm, sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's only on the downline. Yeah, all right, bro. <laughs> you used to look way more Hitler-esque. Oh, I thought you said well, I look way more Hitler-esque. I was like, cuzzy, I'm blonde. No, I said mine. Used to. I was like, I'm blonde. <laughs> yeah, you're blonde with curly hair. So like, Yeah, I've got two things and blue eyes. No, no, no one's mistaking you for cousins. Yes, although I am one of his, his preferred. Um, on that bombshell, we'll leave it at there, guys. Um <laughs> Have a uh, have a good week. Like, send us some questions. Um, any topics you want us to cover, or guests you think we should get on. Hopefully, we have a guest on next week. But thank you very much for joining. See ya. <laughs>